Welcome to Dan's On Site with Dan Dutton and Dan Goley, a podcast and YouTube show dedicated to all things real estate, delivering market information, interviews from all perspectives, and tips for everyone involved in or interested in real estate. We'd love to hear from you. Dan's at dansonsite.com. Hey, welcome to Dan's On Site. I'm Dan Dutton, joined by Dan Goley. Uh, we're going to jump right into the interview today, a little different than we've done in the past. I think last week I called this guy the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> uh, so today we're joined by Tim Rexius. Uh, Tim, thank you very much Absolutely. for coming out today and uh, sitting down with us, Yahoo's. Yeah, my pleasure, actually. It's like, so I think it was my fourth podcast this week, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of digging the whole podcast thing. It's kind of, my wife says I don't have a problem talking, so this is just fun for me. Really. <laughs> well, it was one of the criteria we used in the selection. Yeah, right, right. Make it a little bit Thank easier you. for us. Thank as well. you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, just uh, before, before we get into the questions, what. Um, Tell us everything. I'm going to forget something if I try to go through everything you're involved in now. All right. So tell us everything you're involved in. Well, yeah, we started Rexy's Nutrition Retail and Nutrition Stores first one 10 years ago. You leased me my first spot. We're going to get into yeah. So we're going to get into that a little later That's on. That's going to be fun. So then we uh, started franchising back in 2013. Um, and now we have seven corporate locations and eight, uh, 16 franchise locations across eight states. Then three years ago, um, decided to start Iron Heaven Gyms here in Omaha. Started our first, uh, you know, just a warehouse gym, which turned into a second warehouse gym, which turned into tripling the size of the first gym, which begs the question, I'm going to buy land to build our own gym. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, we're looking at that right now. And then we uh, expanded warehouse operations and started Vital Health International, OPP Protein Popcorn. It's a, we're a wholesale distribution have our own line of supplements, vitamins, herbs, uh, healthy protein popcorn. Actually, that popcorn is... It's crack cocaine. It really it is. is. I, I feel like the healthy drug dealer. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fantastic. All my neighbors come to my house just for the popcorn. But, you know, it was a little passion of my wife and I is to uh, develop a healthy popcorn. We could give our kids that actually had good quality protein that wasn't chock full of, you know, preservatives or high fructose corn syrup. And it turned out there's no fat. It's isolated proteins. There's no added uh, high fructose corn syrup. How, how did you get into popcorn? I mean, usually you go into fitness well, and supplements and everything well, else. No, so here, Maybe a candy bar. Here's what you find out. So people who are into fitness and healthy nutrition appreciate a cheat meal way more than the average person because we dream about it. For 14 straight days. <laughs> so we, well, we plan that out. We know where we're going to go on Saturday, what time that's going to happen, what I'm going to waste my calories on. And so you become a connoisseur of shitty food because you only get to have it once every two weeks. Um, <laughs> and popcorn was uh, the thing. And there were some brands out there that there's all these protein snacks on the market that just, they say they're, they're protein snacks. They don't say healthy snacks. And so the thing is, you give them your kids start looking at the macros in the back. You're like, oh my God. The only, difference between this, the only difference between this and a regular cookie is the protein. Yeah. That's it. So you're yeah. really not giving your kids anything. All people are like, well, I'm eating protein cookies all the time, but I gained 20 pounds. I'm like, all you did was add an extra 300 calories. You didn't actually, you know, so that was the whole purpose behind that. And then, uh, you know, we just keep adding more and more. I mean, it's probably some wife new to companies for till like for another two years. We'll just keep expanding <laughs> yeah. what we got because I don't do anything else. We have six kids, so it keeps us extremely busy as it is. And, uh, with the other companies, and we're uh, looking at uh, opening a couple more stores, and obviously expanding the gyms, and it's been good. So, as Dan pulls around with our logo, Love, back, yeah, good work, buddy. Yeah, went away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's awesome. That's uh, it's interesting. You're so right about the 
well, I'm not the ideal uh, fitness uh, person here, but uh, it's real curious. I guess I think about where I'm going to eat shitty like this afternoon. <laughs> Maybe that's the difference. I, I plan my. Well, I don't plan the, the that part. I look back and be like, you know, why did I eat that? Well, I think part of my job, I have to look like I actually use the shit we sell and use the gyms. And my business partners on both companies are significantly like, genetically blessed. I'm not, so I have to like work a lot harder to get to get to a, you know that bodybuilding stage and have that kind of fun with it. My wife is significantly better looking than me. That's a problem. So, and I have a lot more gray hair than she does. So we think she's my daughter, and then they find out <laughs> that we're married. It's just all those things for me. So I have to work pretty hard. And, um, I can't cheat. I'm just naturally a big guy. So, like for me, I you know when we came to a cheat day, it's legendary. But thing is, I eat enough crappy food that day that I don't want it for two weeks. But then I start thinking about it, and then you know, my kid, you have six kids walking around eating stuff that you want, and I have the willpower of a six-year-old, so I, I got to really plan my stuff out. But Can I just say for a second, like, that's the hardest thing in my house. Yeah. Like, I got three little kids that eat whatever they want, whenever they want. I, I, look, I eat vicariously through them, which is horrible. I let them eat all, like, that's the problem. That's why we want healthy snacks, because what happens is I wanted donuts. I couldn't have them. Like, good one donuts? Yeah, but so I go buy it for them, right? Just you don't them. get one. No, I just smell the rose or anything. Or... I'm like a drug addict. I'm like, oh, that smells so good. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're unhealthy. So I'm like, there's got to be a better mix of in between the two to get a healthy snack that actually tastes fantastic that you wouldn't know it's healthy unless you read the label. That was the goal. And it turned into this monstrosity. And now we're. We went international, so we're in Australia now. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, we're getting the wholesale distribution with some grocery store chains, and it, uh, you know, as obviously COVID's affected that. Obviously, everything kind of held off new items, but we're expecting by twenty twenty one to be. I want to be across the entire United States. So, well, congratulations. Thank that's you. that. That's huge. So you went from Rexy's Nutrition Source, mm -hmm. the first one. How many Rexy's Nutrition Source do we have now? Uh, I want to say twenty three. Twenty three. So between franchises and corporate locations, yeah. So, and then we have the two iron, iron heaven gyms. Yeah, we have the full line of everything, and I guess there's a lot of synergy there that goes between all they're, the businesses. They all relate to each other. We're all in the same field. I mean, granted, they're different kinds of businesses, but they're in the same field that I'm comfortable with, that I, I have a passion for, which I think makes a huge difference. You know, I wasn't getting into something just for purely financial reasons. Now, I'm not on the easy, I want, I want money too. You know? <laughs> well, I'm not, not going to bullshit and tell you like I don't, of course I do. Um, but they, they're in the same industry where they're different kinds of businesses. You got your retail, which is obviously ever-changing landscape in the last, especially the last 10 years. I mean, my God, that's five. Whole new ball game from where it was like say 2015, if you it now, especially 2010. But then again, the gym business was a membership business. So it's a different kind of revenue stream. It's a whole different animal than wholesale, which I thought I understood, found out I don't. Over the last year and a half with OBP popcorn, that's a whole different ballgame. Um, and so the thing is, they're all in the same field, but they're all different, definitely different business models. They have a certain overlap, and I can use my popularity from one to boost the other, which is awesome. I can use the same customer base ish uh, to allow me to, you know, capitalize on my already existing business acumen, but at the same point, it's just a different field, which at the same point is nice. So when, it, when retail drops because of, say, COVID, People were still so happy to have a membership at a gym to go to when a lot of them were closed down that we actually went up. And so, oh, really? Yeah. Because we were the only one open. We passed all the health screens. We kept the rules. We're small enough. We didn't have to worry about certain things. We're 24 hour access. And we had so many uh, doctors and nurses and police officers that wanted to work out that they actually kept an eye on it for me. All of a sudden, we had a 200 person waiting list to get into the gym. 
No really? Kidding. So we just saw that. Yeah. 24 Hour Fitness just filed oh, bankruptcy. bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think every gym struggled significantly with how to operate. What have you guys specifically done with the gyms to be able to continue oh. to operate? Honestly, it was uh, like my background before I got into registration. My background was in actually working with the FDA and EPA on disinfectants and viral outbreaks, and that's my background is biomechanical engineering. So I was able. The good thing raised my cousin's the CEO of a, of a, a chemical company, and they make the highest grade disinfectants on the planet, which was. I was like, hey, cousin, <laughs> you a family favorite. I know you can't find it. Uh, and and but, the thing is, we went to an extreme. We actually spent money. Instead of, like, we dialed back, obviously, staffing and stuff just to, so we could keep our regulations in check. But instead of keeping that money as a precaution, we spent it. So what we did was we spent literally four times as much money on the cleaning and the upkeep. So we were paying people just to go in and clean. And the cleaning service come in. And even though you don't need to disinfect more than once technically every every 48 hours the thing has a 48 residual we were doing it four times a day so everyone saw us doing it i literally wasted two thousand dollars a month in any chemicals it was one thousand percent unnecessary just for the mental uh transparency Mm -hmm. with with our comfort with people just see they could see us doing it perceptions perception is your reality and 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 two that we were just 100 percent honest honestly with every single one of them and i think there's a little bit said to be said that you know with owner operators we knew we knew a lot of members and then it was a lot of referrals they were clean. we were just 100 percent like hey you got a distance here's the you know the max maximum occupancy here's the rules we're 24-hour access because we're small enough our insurance isn't as high as like a major company where they need to have employees around and you know we've spent more money get more security cameras they're 24-hour mm-hmm. feed so people feel safer um, i think i have more cameras in a, in a 6,000 square foot gym than most 20,000 square foot gyms, just so everybody knows every inch of that building's covered. All the little things, I think. And we were just honest. We were live Facebook videos and Instagram videos telling, like, here's what we're doing. Here's a rule. If you don't want to come in the gym, that's cool. We'll freeze your membership. We don't have contracts. We weren't charging stupid fees. And that was the other thing. So the few other gyms that were open charged their one-year contracts. It's a $300 termination fee. It, they raised their prices. We didn't raise a single price. We never had, we don't have any contracts. It is month to month. And so there's a waiting list and people love that. The fact that we're like, if you don't want to be here after COVID's open, your regular gym, you don't have to. We appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. Just a very, you know, mm-hmm. small business mentality. And all of a sudden everybody else is losing members. We have a waiting list. Just so tell us where the two gym locations are. We're 120th and Maple in the uh, Stonegate Plaza behind the DC Center in Omaha. So it's right behind Mole Halls and everybody knows Omaha. It's right in the corner around there. Mm-hmm. We're back in the Stonegate Plaza. And, uh, that one's about... So we're at 12,000 square feet. Now we keep expanding that, that beast. Um, and, and it's a good area for that. It though. is. That one's really, it is. That one's 132nd Chandler Road, um, about two blocks south of Harrison um, on 132nd Street. That one is, uh, we want to buy the land next to it. we got to build our own building. We yeah. really gained so many members at this point that we just, we need our own showers. We need our own room. Dan remembers this. We negotiated this lease and all of a sudden showers cost 60,000 bucks. I'm like... Yeah, I ain't got it. Um, so <laughs> maybe not showers today. Uh, <laughs> showers next year. Yeah, future right. tense problem. Yeah. And, and we're at that point now where we're literally so any the extra money we, now that you know things are back up to fifty percent occupancy and seventy five percent here relatively shortly. Um, any extra money we've made, we literally Nick and my wife and I decided we're going to dump all into the business every last penny. We didn't save any of it. So we're obviously smart financially uh, with everything. We're well caught up and our bankers worked really well with us in the just in case. We did our due diligence, but we actually went and spent, uh, we bought um, more cardio, we bought more weight equipment. I think we were five road trips between Dubuque and Topeka buying new equipment. So all of our new members not only saw that we kept everything clean, 
we actually improved the gym where everyone else was trying to stave off as much money as possible. We're like, we're going to improve. I don't really have the whole, how do I say this? Like I'm always an improvement guy. You're either growing, you're shrinking. I don't do yeah. complacency. So yeah. we're going to improve the facilities, which impress the new members so much that they're staying and the existing members were like, hell yeah, we got new stuff. So we just, we doubled down on the business model. We knew what we believed in. And two, my partners and I and my wife, we don't take any money from the business owners. That was our deal for the first five years um, for our first lease that we wouldn't take one single diamond profit from the business. We put it all back in the business and that stayed true even through this. So that allows us to operate on a leaner, leaner budget compared to your 20 fire businesses, which mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, prior to COVID, they were already in deep doo-doo anyways. They've been, yeah. Yeah. They've been serving yeah, yeah, yeah. the drain for a They've been already time. downsizing. Massively. And they had, Jelly yeah. Fitness had some similar issues. Gold's Gym also filed bankruptcy. Uh, they closed in, I don't know, 30 years. COVID kind of accelerated all those it's people just, that it, were it, teetering. It, 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 yeah. it, it illuminated the issues some of these larger yep. corporations were having. In every um, industry. And people asked us, like, hey, you know, you should open one in Sioux City. You should open one in Des Moines. I'm like, How you open one. Because the, the owner-operators, we found with Rexy's, the owner-operators, the real people who are there every day, they are the ones that make the difference. So, yeah. so speaking of Rexy's, that is, I want to hit on Rexy's because that's where it all started. Yeah. And you said it right there. That is one of the key fundamental things you found yeah. is you're known in Omaha. You have that following in Omaha. Uh, it's easy for you to get out to the gyms. I remember, I remember when I met you... Um, you know, I think it's fair to say maybe a little on the chubby side. Yeah, I was uh, hefty. And then, uh, <laughs> by the way, my mom says I'm this, coming, this comes from the chubby guys. Yeah, you know, this comes might from the chubby one. guys. No, but I remember. <laughs> you call me chubby now? <laughs> call yeah. everybody chubby. I was, I, as my mom said, I was husky. I'm a big kid. But with well, the, what, the thing I remember was that we did that deal. Yeah. I came back in, I don't know. A year later or something, see what was going on. And all of a sudden you blown up, but like blown up in yeah. a good way. And it was like mouth on the floor. I'm like, oh my God, what it happened? And you told me like, no, I go, how do you think I promote this business? I go to six different gyms, six yeah. days a week. Twice you know, a day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I trained uh, probably 14 times a week, two different gyms a day, two of them every day for a year. Um, and I'm mean, like, shit, I was 29, I turned 30, I was 30 years old and I was in the best shape. I, I, I just straight up, that's why I do, I didn't have any money for radio or TV at the time. And I was like, well, I can go shake hands and Hey, that, I guess more impressive than me trying mm-hmm. to convince somebody over a radio act and maybe try, if I meet you in person, I'm real hard to say no to look at my wife way out of my coverage. I can convince people that I think I'm a, a safe bet. And, and so that's all we did. And that's in, as we grew, um, you know, people can follow the movement, they follow the name, the podcast, and all that helps. And in the end of the day, it's the guy behind the counter. That, and I think we've that's kind of transition that we've made over the last years. I've seen the bigger corporations. You know, one bad manager wants it. Like they don't. You never. An owner operator is going to care a lot more than a manager's ever going. To. Yeah. And and that was this year we sold um, the second location we ever opened, uh, Norfolk, Nebraska, May yeah. of 2011. I sold that location in December to my manager. Who's been there for four years. And he's from Norfolk, and we knew him, and I love it. But in my hometown, I got there once a year, and he's there. It was doing well, but um, here's a guy like he leaves me. I'm screwed. Yeah, because I got to start all over again. And then one bad manager, and I mean, boys, you're you know what that is. One yeah. bad person, bad. It's over. Small. I remember a long time ago, I was touring, touring with a, a retailer. We're out looking around, and and we're looking at sites, and he goes, you know, the funny thing is. As real estate guys, we don't want to believe it's all about the real estate, right? 
the real estate is whether you get success or not to get success. He goes, I learned a long time ago that uh, a manager can take a C location and make an A location. Absolutely. And a C manager can take an A location and make it a C location. Absolutely. Amen. 100%. And I think that's what you've learned with franchisees. Like, you can't go be in, you know, Des Moines um, yeah. or, you know, the metro there every day. Like, let's, you sell off. And then I think the other interesting thing that, that maybe has separated you from other concepts, especially in your industry, is the willingness or may, almost maybe the desire to sell off single location franchises yep. as opposed to say, no, you got to sign up for the whole market. Four or five, you got to do this in so many years. And that's, we saw that happen with my competitors. And, and I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall back in 2010, even when this, you know, the internet boom was still happening at the time. And, and you had the big giants in my industry, GNC and a couple of nutrition, which is based here and um, all companies that don't hardly exist. GNC has closed 1200 units in 24 months. And, and they looks like they're not going to make their they were they were they were they weren't going to make their, their their second quarter obligations back in quarter four of 2019 before COVID happened, and it's because simple fact is is that it's it's too much it's it's the money that's involved with retail landscape when competing against the internet like it, you can't handle all those and, and have managers and the staffing issues all the, the costs that have, have accumulated over the last ten years the increased uh, cost of staffing and insurance and all those things and and still have a low price to compete against the internet there has to be, it has to be someplace. Is it, are you like more on the retailers where, you know, it's more regionalized? Some region may use this different kind of product more than the other. I, I, I mean, does it all take you a while to flow around? It does. I mean, we'll have different products in Colorado that sell different than Texas, that sell different yeah. than and Mankato, Minnesota. It's a whole different ball game. And like, they're different type of people. Like, I wouldn't. I, I love Mankato. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I don't like snow. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a whole different kind of mentality versus yeah. my Texas people are like, Oh my God! They don't like snow. It gets below forty, <laughs> right? Yeah. Negative forty here, you know. And I think that's the case. And, and it's uh, like Norfolk, where we sold that. And it's funny because now people knew that he owned it. And he was there anyways, but he owned it, and and I made a big deal of it. You know, oh, this is your family. You got three kids. The whole works. And so by February, he broke the all-time store record, even for my business partner and I ran that store in February, the shortest month of the year. Right before all the COVID stuff happened, he broke the all-time record, not by a little bit either, by 20 freaking percent. To show you that an owner-operator there that has the community and are drenched in there can outperform. And I also know personally from running multiple locations, what a colossal pain in the ass that can be. The managers and three of them call and say the same day, what do you do? And and that's where I'm like, okay, less profit now for me is like as far as that, okay, I want to make all that money that community can generate a store that's going to be a million dollars and you get all, all green in the eyes. And I do, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know that 30 years down the road of a very successful franchisee who's very happy paying a very low, but uh, honest royalty rates going to produce me a significantly more amount of income. And plus I had seen how much these larger franchise models that were selling four or five unit totals were getting sued when it didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. Happened with other companies here in Omaha, um, you know, between complete nutrition and the GNCs and, and, and all those. And it's all public knowledge. It's not like it's private, but you can see any GNC franchisees have sued corporate about 250 times and, and won 250 times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that because I don't want to pay legal fees. Right. Dan knows this when I have to go through leases with, with my <laughs> lawyers. I'm like, I can do this part myself. I don't want to pay him two hours for that. Um, and I, I, it was just, it, it's more or less looking the 30 year term more than just the fire. I think that's where I'm putting it. So, so 
one thing we talk about a lot in our business, uh, especially because we do real estate and brick and mortar retail has gotten, mm -hmm. you know, it gets such a bad rap nationally, uh, an unfair rap. And truthfully, we don't think it's the story that the media no. tells is just not true. Yeah. And so you compete, uh, you work with the internet, you compete mm -hmm. against the internet every single day. What have you done specifically? I vote my business model is my web, which we do decently well, especially now we've done really well on, but I, when I design the site and my social media, it is to reaffirm the retail location. And the end of the day, we all know this. If you get phenomenal customer service from somebody inside of a store, a great handshake, a friendships develop, camaraderie, they know your kids, they know what you guys do. That loyalty can never be earned online. Mm -hmm. I don't care what customer service rep you have on Amazon that can instantly, or what bot you have, they're not gonna share their experiences, you're not gonna have that camaraderie, that relationships, and relationships are what make business work. That's what creates loyalty. And I don't look at all the things happening with internet boom as a negative. But media portrays it that way. They portray oh, yeah. it, oh, retail's dead. No, dead. It, it's the great reckoning is what it was. Because of the convenience of voice-activated purchasing and fingerprint identification, ask me my daughter. I have three daughters, boys. <laughs> they, they, they paid for one of Jeff Bezos' houses already. And, and, and so, but for me, what it was is it cleared all, I call the fake people out, the fake entrepreneurs out of the way who weren't actually ever doing any work. They were just there for money. And sitting on their couch with pajamas, pumping stuff on Amazon, calling it a business. And that's just it. And, and so all of a sudden, what you're left with in retail are the ones who are going to stay. Now, well, I, think it's I, just, I just resigned by lease for the third time at 120th Center. I'm the only one ever been there that long. And I'm like, hey, you want to stay? I go, are you kidding me? I'm not yeah. leaving this place. Yeah, I wish I saw Best Buys <laughs> up. I mean, a lot of retailers are And JCPenney, and that's these huge monstrosities. But mm -hmm. I'm thinking the owner-operator retail business is honest. I don't know why you like, I feel stronger now than I ever have. I think I would like to say the internet has not, it's brought in creativity. Creativity was always there. Mm. It's now made creativity a requirement of operating in that field. Yeah. If you're not creative in how you run your business, we were talking before we started, your social media following on Instagram yeah. and Facebook, and, and you started a podcast. Mm -hmm. All these things you do that just reinforces all of the things you do, you know, and even, Going back to the gyms, reinforce the Rexia stores, and Rexia stores reinforce the gyms and, and the supplements. Yeah. You know, now you sell the supplements that you can say, I'm assuming I have my faith in, I built these supplements, yeah. all that stuff. You know, that's real creativity that we can go back. I mean, JC Penny lost her creativity 100 years ago? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. But JC Penny used to be the four and a half inch catalog that they sent out to everybody which i always tell I everybody that was that. like the early yeah, amazon i remember you know what i mean that was it the grandma put the big catalog down what you, you just sit Christmas there for a whole day like a kid, you know, yeah that's what you did and, and the thing is too it's not just me that i do this but i make my staff do it i make my franchisees do it i teach them how to do it i'm like listen like your social media standing wherever your lifeblood that's what I do with my podcast is business advice. Like, don't do these things on social media. Don't do this on social media. I know you want everyone to hear your opinion on who they should vote for. Yeah. You just cut your business in half. So keep that shit to yourself. And I, I literally just being smart. Like, mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, uh, and, and positive, a thousand percent positivity. And I, I just told them, I'm like, you know, you need to have a little, like, be real though. Be you. Um, be you. Don't be fake. Because there's enough 19-year-old kids doing that with 25 filters on Instagram. And people appreciate <laughs> yeah. they appreciate the, the realness that we've got. 
Um, and my wife and I, and the, you know, like people see me in a reality show with six kids and all these businesses, but people like buy into it. It just is what it is. I don't, you know, I'm not going to rock a suit unless I am absolutely forced to for a wedding or a funeral. So I'm here on t-shirts and just doing my thing wearing flip-flops. I think people can, people can connect to that reality. And I told, so every one of my managers at every single one of my stores, every one of my part-time staff at every single location and across every state is required to post on their Instagram story minimally every time they work. If they don't, that's a three strike rule. You're out. It's not optional. I had a girl like in Carnival and she said, I don't really know if I want to put this on my Insta and it doesn't meet my aesthetic. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but if you don't do it, you can't work. Well, Tim doesn't know. We actually have to take him around the office later to introduce him to all the people who work here and that want to become affiliates. Ambassadors. Ambassadors. Ambassadors for you. Mm-hmm. I have amb- So I started an ambassador group. And yeah. that was the thing. It was like, hey, these people want a discount. They have a great social media following. Let's make a deal. It's no different than a trade for services you do with your local plumber. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll fix your toilet for a bottle of vitamins I don't want to buy. Sweet. <laughs> hey, I love that. You know, so we do that. So like, hey, I've got 4,000 followers on Instagram. And I train at this gym over 144th. I'm like, sweet. I don't have a lot of customers from that gym. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 20% off in a free t-shirt. As long as you post up, you go buy your stuff here. Be real. No, no bullshit. Yeah. Don't, 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 I go some, don't be, I'm not going to tell you what to post. You do what you want. Keep yeah. It authentic. And they do. And all of a sudden I've got 400 ambassadors across eight states. Well, there's two in this office, literally, when they find out you're coming in, they're like, oh, tell Tim we're an ambassador. Sign Sweet. Up. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I was like, what? And that's just it. And all of a sudden I've got TV anchors and whatnot becoming, because they're cool and, and then, and of course my staff, like they don't watch the news, they're 19. And they're like, who's this? Goes, She's the anchor. Whatever they're like, what's what's that? I go, okay, God, whatever. <laughs> and the thing is, I also understand that I'm trying to hit a different demographic. I'm going to hit the 40 plus with mm-hmm. Instagram yeah. because that's my demographic. And my staff, they're going to hit the 20 year old because that's who they hang out with. That's cool. Each one has their own niche, yeah. And that allows me to, you know, kind of hit like they're well. You're just old people stuff. I like, go, old people have discretionary income. Right. So, I'm chasing youth right now. Sort of now. It's been fun. I will say this in the retail, like you were saying, an A class manager compared to a C class location, I do notice on the gyms that it is a different ballgame, though. That has been different challenging. It legitimizes the gym business if I'm on a main road. Yeah, so we should, we, we can talk about that where yeah. on the gyms we specifically were going for. Uh, a warehouse feel, yeah. an off the beaten path maybe feel. Originally, yes. Because I'm like, you know, I want this. I thought, you know, in my mind, there was enough dedicated people who got really sick of the poppy gyms that would like, they're just going to flock. We're going to have like 300 members. We're good. Just have a sign up. Sign up many, hope a few show. And then 95% of people said they'd sign up didn't sign up. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so I was like, okay, because people, it comes down to a matter of convenience with gyms. Yeah. But, but, I mean, it really does. Um, in a retail store, I could be a destination location because you're only purchasing once a month. Mm-hmm. But a gym you're using every day. And so I was wrong, honestly. Like, the warehouse feels what I wanted. There just weren't a lot of warehouses on West Maple. And Dan goes, well, hey, if you don't like this one, you're kind of shit out of luck because this is the only one on West <laughs> well, Maple. And it <laughs> was at the time. Yeah. It, it was. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll try it. It worked out. It kind of killed two birds once, though. They need a warehouse for Rexius. And, little gym and then the gym grew and then we got the opportunity to look at the one over on 132nd channel that my neighbor owned, mm-hmm. uh, Pelster, and <laughs> yeah, he's the great guy though. I see him all the time. <laughs> it, but it's on the main drag, there's a apartment across the street, you can see it from the interstate, I'm like, whoa, like, 
people can actually see it. I don't have to give them 16 directions on how to get right. there. Yeah. And we had more members at that gym in 90 days than I did the other one in a year and a half. Well, you're also, that one on 132nd Chandler is in a gym desert. It really? is. There's nothing else around there. Mm -hmm. So it was good as far as the demographic, geographic combination. It was pretty fantastic, honestly, because there's nothing else there. And everybody's like, and it, there's such a huge population density. There's a shockingly right number of rooftops over by there. There is, you know, and I, I always said, like, if the, the Stonegate one wasn't behind the DC Center and hidden, if it was up where the old 24-hour fitness North Park that mm -hmm. looks like a demilitarized zone now, <laughs> um, I'd have a thousand more members today right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, just because people drive by and see it. And I couldn't tell you, like, I've had people in my own plaza Stonegate. So what do you guys say? It's like a gym. It says an Iron Heaven gym on it. <laughs> no, nail salon. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but it, that's something with the gym business that as people were helping other people start their own gyms and asked me, what do you think? I go, honestly, if you can be on Street View, it's going to be worth the extra money. After watching that channel, I mean, you're always looking to see what your competition and gym, Omaha for a long time has been overpopulated with a lot of gyms, but to get the kind of feel we're going for, the size we're going for, and then, you know, the, the, the traffic patterns is what I always watch. Like where are people living? Where do they have to drive by to work? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, where we, we found that it does make a difference and it really does. I mean, granted. And North Park buildings way out of the price range, but um, you know it's a dream. It's a it dream. keeps coming down. It's, it has to. It, it has to. The only thing in there is squirrels, and uh, and the <laughs> ceilings caved in for crying out um, But you know that we're looking at the land over by Chandler because I need showers, I need more space. A lot of lunchtime workout people that need to be able to, and I just don't have them. There's no space left, and I'm at max capacity, and that's a good problem. You know, right. so yeah. and all of a sudden Nick's like, what do you know about buying land? I go, that's a, that's the question for the dance. <laughs> I do not know anything. I'm smart enough at this point in business to know if I don't know shit, I don't pretend to. I'm like, I go, I watch a bunch of YouTube videos, I'm 1% of the way and I don't know anything. Right. So, yeah. But, and that's where talking to you guys, what you do is so valuable because it's, mm -hmm. it's so out of my realm. I, I know nothing. I looked at it, I go, hey, it's on LoopNet. As far as I got, so I like the price. Yeah, I get the I get the emails from Tim. It's like uh, four different links to loop that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't sleep at night, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, ah, where can I buy something stupid? And man, here's a list. So, yeah. <laughs> so Tim, I think that's a great lead in. We do what uh, we call a story of the week every week, mm -hmm. and the story of the week is basically just um, some story from our background, mm -hmm. an experience that we had. Um, so the first week I talked about a failure, a big uh, a development I had in Lincoln that didn't take off. Last week, our Dan talked about uh, a real successful project we did here in Omaha not that long ago. But I thought since we have you here today, yeah. I thought that first location we did together, your first location for Exus, that's really a great story. Yeah. <laughs> one that <laughs> I had met one of the owners of the property at, at, a, gra at, a, at a graduation party in he was drinking, and I was drinking. I'm like, "Hey, I'm taking my first spot. I don't have any. I don't have a lot of money. I have some financial." He goes, and he he didn't like the realtor that I was dealing with. He goes, "Oh, yeah, no, you talked to my guy Dan on Monday, so I messaged him on Monday. Like, hey, remember me? Oh, I did say that. Yeah, he did. So I meet Dan outside the store, and he and he said, outside, he goes, listen, the people in there do not know they're getting fired tomorrow. So you can't say anything. He's closing it tomorrow." And it was a Verizon store at the time. Yep. And so we walk yep. in, oh, hey, we're the property. We're just checking for fire hazards or something. Yeah. Insurance. Insurance or something. Yeah. yeah. So we walk in the back and you could do this over here. I'm like, hey, can we keep the big shelf unit? 
because I don't have any money to buy another one. He said, yeah, we'll make that happen. Okay, cool. And then uh, and it, it was a little pain to get done. I, my investors were helping me get the lease, and then they don't want to sign liability. And, yeah. and he asked me, can you sign liability? I go, I can't, but I, I don't own anything. <laughs> I don't think it's going to do any good. Uh, and we get we get into it, and it was rough. It was raw. It was just all white, white walls, white slat wall. It looked like right a car. It did with a red wall in the back, and then... You know, the carpet had been there for three tenants, I think, previously. I'm like, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I don't have any money to pay for anything. And I bought my gondolas off of a, a closed Walgreens in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, and painting them in the store with metal paint. I got at Home Depot on and off. It was, it was rough. You know, it was. And, and the store is only 14, uh, 14 and a quarter foot wide. Yeah, it's real narrow. Yeah, so it's the smallest sign I have of any store in the entire chain. It's only two, not even quite two foot tall by eight and a half foot wide. It's all the lease would allow me. There's a tree out front that blocks the sign from the road during the spring and summer. Well, the owner loves trees more than life itself. I I, I, you couldn't see this thing. So my first year got spent. All right, if you're looking at Taco Bell, turn around. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and that was my whole first year. So I got logos all over my car just to try to be like a humongous billboard. Um, and to this date, that is still our number one grossing location. It's done over a million a year, three different times in the last 10 years. And... It's on the most number of sales per day. It's it's almost become a institution in this town. It's like the spot you still can't see it. That tree is still there. <laughs> I really wish that tree wasn't there. Um, you still can't anybody see going it. in now that center is driving right by. Right by. It's on a curve, so it's, yeah. it's kind of fast, and that's the thing. The speed bump. At this point in time, my Bisper goes. We want to move it. I go. I. I will be dead before that store does not exist, or the building's going to get blown up. That's it. Because I'm not leaving. Um, even in the back, I have an extra thousand square feet I don't even use anymore. I'm like, no, nah, we're staying there. I just, that's what yeah, that was the warehouse originally. That was the warehouse, and we outgrew that beast real quick. We cut in double doors, removed walls, and, and that store, it, it's it, it, people came, like part-time staff, they vie to get to who gets to work there um, because it's so busy. But I'm like, you have to work for me for minimally of three or four months before you even get a part-time shift in that store. Because it is that busy. So you have to be able to know your shit, think on your feet, because you're dealing with six or seven people at a time quite often, which is awesome. When you go to one of my new stores, and if you get one person every three hours, you're like, shit, I saw something. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? uh, where it's like, you like you work that store, just don't plan on going to the bathroom for four hours, because you're not going to have the chance, which is so cool. Compared to when I first started, Dan come and see me. How's it going? Uh, I play online poker today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I lost. And it, it, but it's been fun on that site that, you know, it was at one point it was a Verizon didn't make it, a UPS store didn't make it. Yeah, there. that's right. And I just keep resigning at least. You want to resign? I go, you know, I'm going to say yes, anyways. Yeah, let's, well, you know. But I always, I, I think back to that and I think, you know, uh, you were working on another location. Mm -hmm. You were deeply into it. They were maybe not responding to you uh, the way that you would hope that somebody, a broker, would respond to you. Well, you talk to me like a human being. Yeah. And so I find this in a lot of fields with legal and CPAs and realtors, and it's, it's universal. I had this discussion yesterday on another podcast with uh, people who do websites and a person who does financial planning. Um, it's people get so in their field and they start to use their abbreviations and they really try to tell their intelligence. And, and in a lot of ways, people have to be careful we do that with because that can be considered talking down to them. Or all of a sudden, like, people don't get uncomfortable when they feel like they're out of their realm. Right. And you want that. And you were just like, hey, I go, and you see someone, blah, 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 on the LOI. I go, I don't know what the hell that means. All uh, means letter of intent. And I'll try to use any abbreviations or whatever. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. You was just, you were easy to talk to. And that was the thing. I felt comfortable. And then I'm a very loyal person. So, like, you know, after that, I'm like, 
you're my guy. Whether you want to be my guy, <laughs> you're my guy. And I think it was because of the customer service aspect. You were, you were like, hey, you were cool explaining things and dealing with things and being like, okay, well, this, um, and, and looking over things for me, looking out for my interests, which is really what the relationship is. So I think we've done, I think I estimated like 25 deals, renewals, yeah. new leases, mm-hmm. the gyms, everything. We've done like 25 now. Yeah. So it's really been, hopefully it's been a good relationship for you. It's oh, been yeah. an awesome relationship for me. Uh, it's been fun. We went down. We've been, you know, every, every once in a while, we look all over the United States for a site here or there. Uh, or we've whatever. done some work that didn't pan out. We were doing with uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and then finding out everybody in Florida owns the buildings, and they're rich. They don't care if they rent on them. <laughs> you know, we've, we've had some, and there's been some troubling deals. A lot of times, it's not you or me. It's a franchisee, and it's out of both hands. And, you know, so that's, that's the aggravating. But it is it's part of the process for me to get the kind of owner that I want that, can be like the Fremont guys yeah. or yeah. they're going to be there for 30 years. It, yeah. It's challenging. It can be. Um, but yeah, we've done and, and that was like the, Nick yesterday goes, this land deal, this one's XYZ. I go, that's a Dan question. <laughs> it was like six responses. I go, still a Dan question, bro. Like, yeah, I'm driving. That's a Dan question. So, so I love Nick. Nick's, so Nick's built like, I mean, Hercules. He looks, he looks like somebody who should own a gym. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, so he does. Yes, he does. He does. But when I met him, when he first started working for you, he wasn't nearly that big. But I, you also put him in charge of real estate, yep. kind of, sort of. And he got so pissed when we were working on that first deal. Oh, yeah. And you just looked at him like, I don't tell you, this is how deals work. I, 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 did, I had to sit back and he was getting this. It was his, when he first got it, he was buying into the business, the gym with me. And it was awesome. I love turning my great employees into our business owners so they can never leave me. <laughs> it's in my master plan. So my regional manager at the center store owns part of BHI with me too. I just kind of stick my little pot like, you can't ever leave me now. Um, <laughs> part owners. And, and Nick was just so mad. I go, and I finally sat back and he was getting so pissed and going, I go, and I'm laughing. I've done this with you 20 times at that point and I go I go let me explain something to you the guy that owns this property it's like he's probably worth 50 million he's like yeah I guess he doesn't give a shit about you <laughs> he doesn't care and if he doesn't have you on the schedule till next Thursday he might turn it to Friday just to prove a point <laughs> right. you know, so we kind of like uh, be patient sit back and you know that's it's always oh, no you're not going to force it into fruition it's not going to happen it's and a lot of hurry up it, unfortunately it, it, it is it's just part of it is we have to get to them right away when they want to wait till next Thursday because you just sit back and go trust me I'm an impatient person if I can sit back and chill Dan train the hell out of me <laughs> sit back and chill so, Tim, we can obviously sit here and do this all day. I think you and I have probably sat here and done this all day before. <laughs> Please. Uh, yes. But anyway, before we wrap this up, tell people all the places they can find you. You know, if you go to timrexius.com, T-I-M-R-E-X-I-U-S.com, and I have links to my YouTube channels, the Now or Never podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, um, Timothy D. Rexius on Instagram, Timothy D. Rexius on Facebook. Don't make fun of me. Yes, I ran out of friends on Facebook, so I had to make a business page, too. Everybody else makes fun of me for that. Uh, RexyNutrition.com, all the stores. IronHeadOmaha.com for Ironhead Gyms. VHIFit.com for the OPB Popcorn. Um, and honestly, you just type in Rexy, there's not that many of us, which is awesome. So I pretty much rank up first if you type in. Um, and uh, and yes, I know. Go ahead. My wife is way better looking than me. Thank you. You'll see that over there, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Tim, thank you. We can't yeah. thank you enough. Thanks so much. appreciate it. Goalie, any final thoughts for No, I mean, it's it, it, going through all the stories Dan and I were talking about before when you came on. I mean, he goes, it's just amazing how we talked about the 120th center. 
how you don't realize you know where that's going to go or how far it's going to go and so yeah. you guys sitting here talking about it, it's been awesome yeah absolutely yeah. it's been fun tim thank you very much dan's on site find us on facebook uh spotify apple podcasts all that stuff youtube dan's on site thank you very much we appreciate it we'll Thanks again for joining us. Find us on Facebook at YouTube, Dan's On Site. All your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We would love it if you hit the subscribe button and also leave us a review. Reach us at dans at dansonsite.com.